What's Woo. up, man? What's up? Excellent. Hey, Paul. Amazing. Sure, sure. Kind of start. <laughs> okay. Dude, you, ready have two, you have two cups. You have two cups. Water. I saw you drink from a purple. Yeah, this is my one. water, Hot my coffee. Uh, I would just put it in one to make it efficient. No. <laughs> Because you're having the coffee, so you feel so you feel uh, stimulated, and then you're drinking the water, so you feel hydrated. Yes. You could just put them together because it's effectively the same thing, but then that would just feel like watered down coffee, and right. you would feel like I'm, I'm mentally you would think I'm not getting either. Yeah, it's kind of even though logically it's it's the same thing. It just you know some things shouldn't be combined. You know this isn't peanut butter and jelly and Reese's. This is water and coffee. And I drink mine black, so it's just it's coffee. You don't want watered down coffee. No. Have we you don't want yet? coffee. You don't want coffee down water. I don't. <laughs> that's just dirty water. It's tea, basically. You know, that's what I consider tea is just dirty water. Like somebody puts some leaves and stuff, shit in it, and now you're gonna pretend you put a lemon on the edge and pretend it's tasty. I don't get tea. I really don't. I bought a. I I, I like some. I like tea sometimes. It's a nice subtle thing to have. It's nice to have with a snack. Like Snack. with chocolate, I kind of like that, yeah. And, I like uh, when, um, and, before, there, and before bed, this I, well, I like when when adults and nothing against what you you using, but when adults refer to themselves having a snack, like I just eat some junk food or I just eat, eat some chips or something. But when you you have a snack, it just <laughs> such a it's a childlike thing. I'm gonna have a snack before bed. <laughs> Isn't that you know what else I have? I have a lunchbox. Bro. You, you I have a lunchbox. Is it uh, like a heart? My, I have a, I, I used to take this I have a trapper box. keeper. I had trapper keeper, but my lunch, I had this lunchbox in a sixth grade, sixth grade, and it was this red laser tag lunchbox. I don't know how I ended up with the, my laser tag was, I don't know how I ended up with the lunchbox laser, laser tag. But anyway, it was this hard, it was a plastic lunchbox. And there's this dude in our class named Kevin Bohanna. I remember his name. He was kind of the kid who'd been held back a couple of years. He was kind of tough, you know, but cool. He was cool. And at some point, I don't know how it came up, but he said that he could punch a hole through my lunchbox and not in a, not, not in a bully way. And I was like, no, you can't. This is hard. You know, you can't. And he's like, yeah, I, I could punch a hole in your lunchbox. Like, okay, dude, I could do it. We'll do it. And he punched a hole in my lunchbox. Did <laughs> he? Come home. Yeah, he did. It was just, I mean, I remember him doing it. He was like, okay, well, I guess. Was it I a metal have... one or a plastic one? No, it was plastic. It was pl no metal. That wasn't, but it was just that, you know, that hard plastic. Um, so yeah, he punched home my, um, my lunchbox and, um, just cause it was kind of like, I bet you can't, I bet I can. And today so he's home. a UFC champion. Now he could be, he's probably, probably dealing math or in prison, to be honest, but, uh, maybe both. But anyway, that was my, he can hold his own at least in there. If there, if there's some shit that needs punching through and in, in prison, maybe he's punching through a wall and escape, punch through cinder blocks. That was training. Have you just looked, have you just looked for him on Facebook? No, it was, it was. He didn't make it past sixth grade, maybe seventh. I mean, he's one of those dudes who he came from a rough place. And I don't, I just, I don't know. I probably don't want to look it up. He's probably like a businessman. He's a lawyer, you know, he's working on, you know, a public defender doing, doing the Lord's work. Dude, he's on Wall Street. He's on. <laughs> he drove that blue Lamborghini I showed you. That's that. <laughs> Kevin Bohannon in the blue Lamborghini. Yeah, that would be it. Just be, look him uh, up on Facebook. It's not like he knows. Just look him up. I'll look him up. See what I'll, he's doing. Uh, I, I doubt he's, uh, yeah, he's That's probably, 
he's probably telling a story on a similar podcast about how this this dumb kid said he couldn't punch a hole through a plastic lunchbox. He's he's recanting the same. I story. crushed that lunchbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah Dad, we've heard about the lunchbox story. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, he just let me do it. You know, he dared me to do it. You know, but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that bright. But I, you know, Junior, how many lunchboxes did you punch through today? <laughs> None. Come on, son, up your game. Just ask a kid; he'll let you do it." Yeah, yeah, that was God. The things we did sixth grade. Um, well, anyway, I guess, I guess this this is probably just we didn't really officially start, but I think we started. So here we are. How how you doing? We started buddy? with the double fist and drinking. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, I just drinking? I just got my I got okay. diet lemon lime soda. I won't say its name. Like you ever watch sitcoms and they have like soda? Yeah. Cola. Yeah. Right down there because they don't they don't want to say even though the can looks just like Pepsi or Coke it'll still yeah. say well I remember Home Improvement doing that it's like well that's obviously Pepsi but they wouldn't say it they wouldn't say Pepsi on there <laughs> like it normally would because either Pepsi didn't pay mm-hmm. or I don't know maybe it worked the other way maybe they didn't have the right to use it so they just wrote yeah. soda yeah. on there or cola I'm surprised Shasta some 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 generic ass thing didn't didn't corner that market and just say you know you give us uh, you know five hundred bucks they need to pay. You can use our thing. So you're drinking seven Whatever. now? I got seven up, z- zero sugar, which when people see I drink like diet, caffeine-free soda, they're like, geez, man, Dude, you, what yeah, are you what doing? The, like, what, what's the point? What are you getting out of that? You could just gargle, I don't know, baking, baking water with baking soda in it or something. <laughs> and then I get the people who are like a little bit like either he- overly health conscious or a little bit on the conspiracy side. And like, dude, that's gonna give you cancer because it's got aspartame. Where is it? So, yep, okay, it what is. is the point of, does it, what do you get out of it? Does it taste good? Can you read that right above my finger? Yeah. It says yeah. aspartame. And they say, if you give a bunch of that to rats, they get, they get cancer. Yeah, but if you give them like, you know, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Al Pacino, Scarface, mounds of aspartame. Yeah, they're going to get cancer. But if that's you just give thing. them a that's little, thing. You a taste. An insane, an insane amount of it. Yeah. So it will. Um, what do I get out of it? It's it's sweet and yummy without any sugar. And sugar is like, I mean, I'll have some sugar, of course, but I'd rather not drink it because one, they'll tell you if you want to stay thin. Don't drink calories. That's just a, a rule of thumb, yeah. period. Um, so they say black coffee. Don't even put creamer and stuff in yeah. it. But, you know, um, this is like if you're, if, if you're doing it to the letter of the law, just don't drink calories. And I once asked about that. It was one of these fitness guys on Twitter. I go, what's the difference if you drink it or if you eat it? Is there some chemical molecular thing about liquids that makes it worse? Like, yeah. no, no, no. It's just that it's so it's so easy to drink it's too necessary much. Necessary too. You don't really need to. Ha- you need to eat. So you need you want your calories where you have to take them or have to get them. And you it's need super to easy to overdo it. Like if you drink like some orange juice, it's so easy to I guess have too much. Yeah. Um, if you drink your calories, so they say drink. So I don't, and I so I I don't. I get sugar free soda, and caffeine and me have a love hate relationship. So if I don't, I usually don't buy caffeine soda. And you want to save so those calories for a snack later, right? For snack time. In my, what kind of lunchbox did you have? Yeah, laser tag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a hole in mine because some asshole punched the hole through it. I was making fun of his his snack routine, and he uh, punched the hole. 
Oh, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a kid. I'm a, I'm a tough guy. Watch, I can I can punch a hole through my own <laughs> lunchbox. You know, we we never had lunchboxes growing up. No, we, we were quite we were quite poor, honestly. Yeah, bag brown and bag. So we never had. Yeah, we always just brown bagged it. Yeah. Just mom never bought us lunchboxes. I remember yeah. that. I looked at the kids who had lunchboxes as mm -hmm. kids with money. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I did because yeah. they had like the nice lunchbox, and I mm -hmm. thought, oh, that'd be so much cooler than a than a paper bag. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's all relative. I had it. I, I I was the kid who had it once, and then I, you know, I threw it away. You know, I mean, stupid. Yeah. What, do you remember how your mom reacted to that? I don't remember. She probably wasn't even at that. I mean, I was sixth grade. I probably didn't. I was. It was probably. Un, I think it was fifth, fifth or sixth grade. It was getting to the point where lunch boxes weren't cool anyway. So I probably mm -hmm. probably did me a favor. I was probably you know subconsciously just like, why am I carrying a laser? And of all things, that's not even cool. Not a like Dukes of Hazard was the thing back then. I mean, I know it's got some issues, but I remember thinking the Dukes of Hazard lunchbox that was kind of the pinnacle. You know, the the the, the general lead in mid mid flight. You know, I mean, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so that's, that that brings up a whole other social issue. Yeah, back then it just was what it was. Like, well, like white kids and black kids could all look at Bo and look Dukes, and we didn't really get that. You know, yeah, it's got a Confederate flag on top, but damn, the car could fly. You know, looking back, it's kind of yeah, it's, it's tainted. But hey, I still have fond memories of. If I would have had a metal Dukes of Hazard lunchbox, it wouldn't. Like, I would have been would have had a hole punched through it. That kid would have been like, I'm not punching that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd have had a best friend, <laughs> and you would be Facebook friends today. Me and old Kevin. I mean, yeah, it's funny the people you think about that you, you don't. Think Dude, I want you to. Hmm? Do you do you have two do you have two monitors up right now? Yeah. Go on Facebook and look them up. Well, here I have to look at my phone because I don't have um, I don't I don't really you know I don't really partake. I have Facebook, but I don't really partake in it to the point where I've even look them up. Look them up. I'm, I'm, this I'm is good. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is Kevin good podcasting here. Bo Hannon. If I could, uh, Bo. Lunchbox puncher. Okay, here we go. It popped up fast. Kevin Bohannon. No, Kevin Brannon. Kevin Bohannon. This is Arkansas guy. I mean, how would I even notice? Okay, so there's two here. Do you remember what it looked like? Yeah, this, not really. Uh, Matthew's hype. No, that's that's not him. Uh, let me look. Okay, one other one. This dude. Um, okay, this guy is in always reach out and send a message and say hey do you remember punching a hole in a kid's lunchbox in fifth grade he'll be like paul this guy's, yeah. is that you this guy's in arkansas uh no i think he's too young i think he's too young. no I'll, I'll do some research and maybe next podcast i can i can have the answer to the kevin bohannon uh mystery i want the update i want the 411 on bohannon yes yes you and mary j blige and and uh and on the laser tag uh people i kind of like that the last name there was a bohannon in our school it's a cool name i mean it's a cool name yeah, Bohannon. Kevin Bohannon. Uh, yeah, I remember, I also think, remember him talking about marijuana, and I was a very innocent kid, and I didn't know anything, and I remember them talking about grass, and I had thought, well, why would people smoke grass? I don't understand, like, it's just grass. This was in fifth or sixth grade? Yeah, I remember, yeah, Same. Grant Foreman Elementary, it's probably sixth grade. I remember being out there, and wow. the grass, I just was confused about people smoking grass. So that, I mean, I can tell you, Kevin came from, from a family, you know? <laughs> And uh, yeah, I didn't see marijuana until I was a senior, I don't think. Yeah, and I thought the guys who had it were like so bad. Mm -hmm. I remember yeah. just being shook by seeing that. Yeah, we didn't have that really in my little town. 
Nancy Reagan really put really did, you know did did one over on us. You know, she lumped all that stuff together. You know, and the teachers, marijuana. yeah, the teachers. I remember thinking marijuana was a strong hallucinogen, and it's going to make you like. I basically thought it was acid. Yeah, yeah. I remember because they, remember. you know people that 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 time that time everything was there was no nuance like drugs are bad right yeah it's uh this is good there was not a lot of well you know maybe marijuana is yeah. not the same as meth or whatever you know heroin or acid it's maybe not yeah. now these yeah. days this high-powered stuff it could it can kind of take you to places i think but back i day, do remember the first time i do remember the first time i got high and it was one hell of an experience uh-huh. so it actually it did end up kind of fulfilling its Okay. <laughs> my, my belief when I was in like junior high or high school, I just remember staring at people. I was at this party and I remember staring at people's shoes, listening to the doors. Uh-huh. And I was not, I was not there. I was on, I was on planet Brandon's high. Yeah. I was like, it was zoned. <laughs> I wish I could have seen me. I would have looked so stupid. <laughs> Young stone Brandon. How old were you? Um, 18, 19. Okay. Either I was probably a sophomore in college at that time. I don't think my freshman year I touched it, and then, and then my sophomore. I don't remember the first time I smoked it, but that okay. might have been it. And if not that, then that was like the second time, and I got really. I only probably had one hit, you know. I mean, yeah. but it just. I remember the doors were like, "This is a new level of perception, right?" Which is yeah. Wait, you mean the band? The doors. The you're, talking about, you're talking about like the band. You're listening to the doors. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The doors were playing. Okay. Well, that too. And that's because that's how the that's that's how the doors got their name, the doors of perception. Ah. It's a book by um it's a book by the guy who wrote um Brave New World. I don't know why I can't think of his name now. But the guy who wrote Brave New World, he wrote the doors of perception, and that's how the doors got their name. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. I remember the first time I got high. It was because I was a real square kid and I was in, I think I was freshman or sophomore. There's this girl who uh, sang and uh, I was like, you know, I play the guitar, you sing, I write some poetry, maybe we can, you know, make some music. So at some point, and she was real cute, she invited cool. me over to her place. I brought my guitar, nice. we're hanging like out. And all of a sudden she gets, there's a ring at the door, or door, 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 door the doorbell rings. And she goes and answers it, and it was some dude bringing her her, her weed. And she I'm was a freshman or sophomore in high school. Something like no, no, no. Sorry, college. This is college. Okay. Okay. It's college. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So this dude gives her, you know, brings her weed, and from that point forward, she I can tell whatever, no matter what we're doing with the guitar with music, her brain is just thinking about the weed, thinking about the weed. She just wants to get it. So at some point, she says, "Do you mind if I smoke?" It's like, yeah, sure. And I'm thinking, you know, that weed and, and alcohol kind of create the same effect with people. Like if they lower inhibitions and that this is might be my door into, you know, something, you know, because I'm there for the music. Are you are, are you in her dorm or in her house or where are you? She has an apartment. So this is a standalone, like she's got her own place, just us. And so, she, you know, and I, I've never smoked before and she can't believe, and this was, she couldn't believe that a black guy had never smoked weed. It was a very, like in her head, black guys listened to Outkast and smoked weed, right? Because I remember us listening and to Outkast. He was a white girl? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, but anyway, so of course, you know, she smokes and I take a hit or two. And it just, 
chills me out. It's nothing crazy, but chills me out. And I'm thinking, okay, here we go. At any minute, we're gonna, you know, there's gonna be some, maybe some sparks. And she just says, you know, I'm kind of tired. So I'm just gonna go to sleep. So just hang out as long as you want, but I'll see you later. And wow. she just, so she gets me high and then just a bit leaves me to, to just sit in the, <laughs> the living room. And I'm like, okay, I guess the weed and booze don't have the same effect on women. And there's another little thing that even to this day, it still trips me out that this is the thing because it was recurring. Back then I wore contacts and somehow I scratched my eye. I don't know, just I was itching my eye or something. And I felt like my contact had been scratched. And the whole, like I drove home, you know, the drive home, I felt like my contact was scratched. I got home, took it out, whatever. And I still felt that way. And down the line when I'd smoke weed again, not that I did a lot, but here and there, I'd have that same feeling. I feel like it, it would, mm. I feel like my eye was scratched. It was the weirdest kind of mm. thing. But anyway, that aside, I got high and- It's too bad your first time had a, had a um, anticlimactic. In every possible way, yeah. <laughs> there was no music made there was no love made there was no hey i got you you know just you know just just, just sleep you know it, nothing it was just i'm out good luck good luck getting home you're probably like marijuana sucks man it, I, yeah i was not i mean it did not it did not open the doors to to a marijuana habit it definitely you should have yeah. turned on the doors and looked at people's shoes i should have yeah <laughs> I, I i remember that party i was at it was even in a garage mm -hmm. and um I think we went to a party in like Forest Lake, which is like, it's it's like an hour north of this of the Twin Cities. So you're getting into like, oh, you're gonna listen to some country music stations up there. Gotcha. And and I don't know who exactly lived. I can't remember, but um, whatever. That's really not that relevant. What was important is that the people like there was a garage and then there was like a little side room in the garage, and that's where they were smoking weed. And it was a, it was a young college couple. Yeah. Okay. And then they found out I hadn't smoked weed before and they were so excited to get me high. Like you haven't smoked weed before get over here. Yeah. Like they really wanted to, you know, pop my cherry or whatever. Yeah. Like, and I've always just been struck by that. Like, man, what, what you, you, you like being somebody's first, you like watching someone yeah. experience it for the first time. You like, I don't know, but I remember how eager they were to get me high that my first time, you know, that's inner. Yeah. Is there something, I mean, because that is a, that's a very specific kind of uh, move to try to get someone, because, okay, I was thinking, I've never tried to convince somebody to smoke, get drunk with me or this, that, not that I can think of, you know, but I do try to get people to listen to music I like, or some song I like, because I think they might like it, but I don't really push, like, even at a restaurant, if you don't like something, I'm not trying to say, no, nah, man, you've got to try this, but I figure you, if you want to try it, you'll try it. Do you, do you, people push art, people push art a lot on people. I have a buddy who's like, you've got to watch Cobra Kai. You've mm -hmm. got to watch that yeah, show. I it's, do that. Dude, yeah. I'm telling you, I will buy you a subscription to whatever. to So yeah. you can watch like people push their art a lot. Um, yeah. And I, do that. I, 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 I don't think it's so much about, I want you to enjoy it. I think it's about, I love it and I identify with it and I want someone on my team to love it too something like that i think my put my draw is i genuinely just want to enjoy something with some this something with someone and uh, i used to, yeah so i'm always i've got a, some friends of mine i'm always recommending tv shows to and they watch most of them and we can talk about it and also there's some shows where the characters are so 
like creative and whatever. I just kind of just am so impressed by the work, you know, that I want people to be able sure. to appreciate it. But okay, anyway. so it's for yeah. you. It's a more selfless yeah recommendation. This is I want great. this person to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so. This has been a good, good, good uh, rambling, but but entertaining uh, beginning to this. I like this. This is this this actually feels we'll more get like to it. more like our like just a normal conversation between us. It's not really a, a pod we'll or a it. video pod. This is literally just a conversation um, that just goes where it goes. But I we'll do get to the so, elephant in the room. What's that? We'll get to the elephant in the room. Yes. Um, so I want to just hit something quick. Some and then we'll move on to a couple big topics because you have some George Floyd square, uh, you know. You have, we, we're going to talk about that, and then we're also going to talk about your trip to out west, you know, to uh, mm -hmm. to Los Angeles. But before that, mm -hmm. something I've noticed that's kind of it's just been around, but I didn't really put my finger on it until recently is that a lot of people, when you had a, an opinion, you could kind of quote you could quote a source. You read mm -hmm. an article, you read the paper, you get the information from somewhere and you can say, well, Joe Smith, this scientist or this doctor or this lawyer, this expert says, this mm -hmm. is what's happening because he's an expert on the topic, right? You reference, mm -hmm. you know, it's like anytime you write a book, you have to have, you know, reference, you know, where you get your information from. Right. And you can source it, you source your information. Now, I think in this, this day and age, and a lot of it, it just went next level, was, was Trump. Trump would bring up stuff and he'd say, well, you know what they're saying? They're saying this, they're saying that. And I mm -hmm. think we've gotten to this point now, people read a Twitter headline or whatever, and they talk about conspiracy this, conspiracy that, because they said this, they said that. They don't ever, there's no proper nouns in, in somebody's sourcing of what they found. And I think it's because we just, it shows a sign of, of laziness, of lack of genuine curiosity. And I'm sure I do it too, but I don't think I do it to the point where I, I don't actually, I don't know if I do it because it doesn't sound like, I like knowing where stuff comes from, I dig it. you know, I dig and I point. think we're in this yeah. age where a lot of times people just have this, this overall, this kind of umbrella of they when they want to bring up some point and don't actually have the information coming from a reputable source and not to say that people can't yeah i don't know when this like this this week i don't know a lot about it but people are bringing up dr fauci and emails that came out and i and this is me saying that even as i'm criticizing people who don't have the information i'm a person who's specifically just taking a break but somebody brought this to my doorstep and i don't know exactly what's going on but what it sounds like is that emails were released from him saying this and that um back towards the beginning of the pandemic and it boggles my mind that people don't understand that experts aren't always right experts can say a thing but what or, or people who live in a scientific world they're not ever trying to be right they're just trying to um evaluate or, trans or take the data and tell you what the data is saying. And when the data changes, your yeah. what you what you state changes. So when somebody says something in February and then the data changes by March, they change their opinion. Anybody talking about Dr. Fauci saying stuff in February or March that doesn't jive with what he say, said, it's like, no, well, he changed, he got more information and changed his stance. And 
how do you look over 11 months of what a person has been saying and go back to month one when there was not enough information anyway and that's yeah. what i kind of thought about they this I'm like we, come on people like the stupidest you person, the, the stupidest thing a person can do is to not be open to a, an opinion evolving that's the whole point of it all more information whatever so yeah that's i just wanted to kind of yeah, they, they, there is a lot of suspicion of him. People, a lot of people have seemed to have decided they don't trust them. And they've taken that to the point where they don't just suspect his science is shaky or his knowledge is shaky, but they suspect that his motives are impure. Mm -hmm. And that's the conspiratorial side of it. Like, you know, he, he led us astray purposefully or something like that. Um, back to the, the the pronoun thing which when you brought it up i thought you were going to talk about trans yeah i had it yeah pronouns, he him she her. Mm -hmm. but um um but i like your point about that too because uh you're right they 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 do say hey. they and um m my question for you is did you notice it when they were referencing a group that they liked or that they didn't like when they said they do this they do that they say this they say that was was they usually a group they were fond of or that they were attacking? I would say, I, you know, I think it crosses the board because the, the thing that came up was, uh, I think the topic where, I mean, all this stuff kind of came together um, was about, it was about the virus. And, you know, now they're saying that it might've been made in a lab, but now they're saying that it might've been, uh, like, I don't know, who's they? So people use the they. I've noticed that people love to use the, not fictitious, but they love to use this. I don't know this uh, this this label as a group that doesn't identify anybody specifically. Mm -hmm. It's just the left or right wing. Yeah, and it's like if you have this um, amorphous. <laughs> enemy bad yeah. side like there's nothing to like pin to it or pin it to as far as like a specific fact of what mm -hmm. it is what it has done like if you attack a person you can say he or she said this or that or did this or that mm -hmm. but when you just say all oh, the left the you know that allows you to broaden it so much that you can then say the left is one entity Whereas individuals in that entity may have done one thing while individuals, other individuals in that entity may have done something else. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, oh my God, the left is so crazy. Like they got, they're doing this and they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I mean, six people did this and six people did that. And you can call them the left. And then you can say the left is crazy. Yeah. And people do that a lot. I notice on Twitter, they'll say, oh, the same group that, um, says my body my choice is now demanding vaccines on everybody mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah so it's like well did a specific person do that or is that just the um you know amorphous left mm -hmm. right and so you can then make a claim that people can say yeah you know self-righteousness yeah and then you get a lot of likes twitter yeah. is just a self-righteousness machine how much can i think i'm the best person <laughs> better than the next person you know uh it's super, super healthy. Uh, and those are the most popular tweets or attacks, I swear. Or maybe I just follow too many people who talk politics. Yeah, I, um, I've, 
but yeah, you're right. It, it, it's, you know, I think as you were saying that, and, you know, maybe sometimes they'll catch else. a person. Sometimes they'll catch a person like a reporter saying one thing, like my body, my choice, like they're very pro-life or I'm sorry, pro-choice for mm -hmm. abortion. And then they'll catch them in another article saying, it's not your body. It's, you have to think about other people, you know, then they'll yeah. be like, uh-uh, it's not your body. So if they do that, then that's a little bit more, uh, that has a little more weight. But even then, it's still the attack. Yeah. It's still the attack. See what she does. She would... Well, and you know, people are, are aren't perfect, and sometimes people hold two different views, or you know, call a person, call an individual out on something. If if they, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a religious yeah, person. I'm not, I'm not used to putting somebody on this pedestal of, of perfectness. So I look at human beings like we're flawed, and if somebody makes a mistake or does something wrong, I'm not worshiping mm -hmm. you. I like you. I follow you. I think you're smart. You know, whoever, but I'm not so beholden to you that i'm gonna turn a blind eye because you know to whatever mistake you made like just whatever you know and i think some people don't have an ability ability to just call people out that they like like no nah, i like this person i'll call them out um so anyway uh who's one oh yeah, so there's an endless amount of grievance you can have on on because of social media like you know it, 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 let's say you or i Let's say these podcasts became big, like Joe Rogan. Uh, mm -hmm. That's that's ridiculous. But let's say they became fairly popular, whatever. People could go back in our past and find things that were inconsistent with what we're saying now. They could go back in our past and find things that were false mm -hmm. or that were mean or whatever, and distasteful. I'm sure. And then you know, there's no shortage of material to bitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so people have to learn to give that up because unless it's something egregious like when the austin mayor said you shouldn't go anywhere for covid and then he went to mexico you know <laughs> things like things like that are, are yeah. problematic because it's so now and it's such a you know these are these are relevant things um but other than the things that are very relevant to today it, it, it's like I don't know. We have to get used to a world where there's going to be regrettable things from us posted. I regret some of the articles I've written. I shouldn't say regret. I just, just I read them now and I go, man, I never would write that now. Because but, and, that, and that's the beautiful thing. It shows growth. You know, it doesn't mean yeah. you were an asshole back in the day. It just means you need you, your opinion has evolved and changed. And the people yeah. who don't allow that growth are the people that it's like, come on. But you know, yeah. something that when you were talking about, you know, the the beginning of all the day, all that. I think what it, mm -hmm. what it really is, is just, it's the people, it's a straw man, you know, it's a straw man argument. Sure. People, they, the right, I mean, the right, the left, this, when you group people in a bunch and you just pick and choose, it's a straw man. It's not, it's not a real, you're not really trying to have a real conversation. You're just trying to throw arrows at someone who, you know, that exactly that, that can't, you have an yourself. endless supply. You have an endless supply of bitching. Yeah. And people on Twitter love that. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's just, it's the sugar thing we talked about. Yeah. It's just a straight sugar diet and you're getting that little rush of a self-righteous rush, mm. but you're not getting any meat. You're not having a dialogue. Yeah. You're not having a solution-oriented discussion. It's not it's even, just, what's the point if you're not really just, either you're trying to get more information, you're just trying to throw arrows. So Twitter, I, I have, I'm very, I'm, I used to love Twitter. I used to love Twitter, especially during NBA season, like the playoffs, whatever, because NBA Twitter is really funny. But what I found is that NBA Twitter is not quite as funny for me anymore because it's just whatever. It's not as funny. But and the politics, I don't really need it anymore. 
I started following too many just pretty girls um, just because they were pretty, not because they actually were whatever. It's just that that's my bad. Um, I don't have as many people that are interesting. And then what I think really killed my Twitter, uh, me and Twitter, why I had to kind of do a self-imposed ban is OnlyFans, man. Every girl on there that's got a pretty smile is on, got an OnlyFans account. Have you been down the OnlyFans rabbit hole? You know what OnlyFans? You know OnlyFans? I know what it is. I, I'm I'm curious what you're about to say. Yeah, Keep what going. I'm about to say is is brutally honest. Like there's free porn by strangers that you can get at any at any time, but then there's porn you pay for because it's somebody you kind yeah, of that's followed. And I ha and I I would just follow some cute girl and realize, oh, she got OnlyFans. And there's something about you see somebody on your feet every day, like you know, I kind of want to see what. You know, so I, I had a couple, I, I, I threw a little bit of cash in different directions, then, then got there. I was like, no, actually, this is not, this is too, I feel like I know this person. Now I just feel like a, a perv. It's, there's something. That Which is what the draw it. was, right? What's that? Which is what the draw was, right? Yeah, the, the draw ended up being the thing I didn't like. You need some, uh -huh. I mean, in, porn should be impersonal, I think, for me. I don't need to know the person's story or they had a bad day at work. And now I'm watching them do, you know, filthy things like that's that somehow just threw me off. So but I still would find a temptation because, you know, pretty face, nice rack. That's that's kind of my jam. And um, yeah. yeah, so I so I realized yeah. Twitter for me was just a is a no go zone and there's nothing I'm gaining off of Twitter. So well, then how the hell can you be on Instagram? Well, Instagram, I wouldn't be on Instagram if it wasn't for um for for work stuff because all the different videos and stuff I do so I don't I kind of need to be on there but I've also cut back on that because while it's not the only fans well I don't follow I don't know it's just different I don't stay mm -hmm. on Instagram too long I'll scroll through a little bit Twitter I'm I actually would engage because I'm reading people are telling jokes Instagram is kind of boring in a way where it's just like oh okay there's somebody taking a selfie or there's somebody with a friend that shares in a drink it's like okay it's cool but it's kind of boring to me because I'm interested in less shiny things. Uh, Whatever. Except for except for shiny women. Except for shiny women on OnlyFans. Yeah. OnlyFans has to be. Can you buy stock in OnlyFans? I mean, that thing between Zoom and OnlyFans, those two things, the pandemic. Zoom is public. I don't know. I don't know who uh, who owns OnlyFans, if it's a private company or if it were bought by. I mean, OnlyFans. I wouldn't be surprised if they were bought by one of those porn empires like that own Pornhub and YouPorn and those places. It's got me the amount of and it's a trip because I, I promise you they were approached for a buyout. I can almost promise you they were. It and then it's is, whether they decided to do it or not. But I, I've always wondered, and this isn't the direction I, I really plan to take this, but I guess it's, you know, we're here. I always knew that, you know, you see porn and you see, you know, some just girls somehow they, they get into porn. Usually it's probably some you strip a little bit and then you realize the money's good and then you're already kind of get the door you go through and you get into porn it's like whatever i get it but only fans it's just kind of a, i mean maybe i just don't understand the process but it almost feels like some girl has just been posting selfies for a year and then thinks oh well i guess i can so people pay me 15 bucks for a subscription i'll just start i'll just put my shit out there which kind of seems crazy that you just kind of go for, but I guess that's whatever, whatever. How much would it take for you to have an OnlyFans page, for you to be an OnlyFans uh, producer? Like for you, for you to do, for you to have an account, 
you 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 for me to give content or to buy content no 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 for you to give content how much money would you make i need to make annually for you to put out a video a week uh, dude i couldn't live with myself doing there's that. a nut well but it's there's a number out there you I've got a, I've got a far different stance than you on this whole thing. <laughs> I've, I've, I've become I've become quite anti-porn in general. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I I find it all to be almost inherently across the board exploitative, particularly to women. And I don't say that as like a white knight. I don't say that as like trying to like save women. I just yeah. I've heard enough stories, and 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 I know enough now to know that it's a very predatory industry yeah. and I don't, I just, for the most part, I'm sure there are some women that do it happily, but I think I'm just of the belief that 95% of the women are not happy doing it. And yeah. if they, they, they can fool themselves for a while, but it just doesn't feel like something or men, you know, people want a committed loving relationship deep down. And, and so too, I find that too, to, to, um, consume it is 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 to encourage life destroying or life stunting yeah. behavior and and then it's also poison for me it's it's just not a good mm -hmm. um i mean just ask yourself would you ever want your girlfriend to have such an account and some guys say they, they don't mind but again i don't i don't know i I, I, of... I think i think no, I, I don't see it compatible with a really healthy life, either consuming it or producing it. So I just don't, I think it's bad across the board. I, and I think these days there's a lot more predators out there in, mm -hmm. in, in general. And um, we're in a time in society where there's less, there's less um, structure, yeah. right? Fewer people are religious, fewer people are um, from, from two parent families. And, and there's nothing inherently wrong with not being religious, with having one or, you know, different kinds of families. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of that, although the studies show that it's better to be, to have structure. Yeah, yeah. But if you lack structure in any way, then you're gonna like be a bit lost and you're gonna look for it. You're gonna look for it where you belong. Mm -hmm. And there's people out there that are so happy to prey on these mm -hmm. lost people. And I, I think a lot of these women that go on OnlyFans are lost and it's just, well, see, I, I, I see it's all very tragic. Here's where I would, uh, I would kind of, kind of count. And the guys that, hey, it's sad too. The counter, yeah, the, uh, I agree. The, uh, the opinion. No offense. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but what I think, the big difference between the two, between just Pornhub or there's just whatever versus OnlyFans is it OnlyFans, you just get to, you just do it. There's no... There's no middleman, you know, there's no, mm, right. there's no, yeah, there's, it's, no it's dude, empowering, yeah. there's no guy taking a cut. I mean, you know, OnlyFans takes a cut, but not like that. It's just, and not that's what I think yeah. tripped me out is I just see someone who's just kind of, this girl just seems like a nice girl just living a life and she decides, hey, I want to just make this money. And they don't seem like they feel that bad about it. It's just kind of a job. And it's almost the purest version of that. You know, there's no, there's not somebody else exploiting you. You're making a decision as an adult to do this thing. Totally. I wouldn't shut it down. I'm not like a Puritan. Yeah. I would never yeah. say, not, not yeah. don't make it allowed. I, 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 I don't, yeah, the, the, the less of it in my life, the happier I am. I, I get it. And I think it's, it's something that it's all kind of an individual choice. And there's times when I've just kind of like you, I've just kind of gone away from it. 
there's times I've, it's been a regular part of my life and both mm -hmm. sides kind of, I'm probably the happiest when there's a little, there's a little bit of it, not mm -hmm. too much and not none. And then also too, just being a mm -hmm. single guy, you know, what you gonna mm -hmm. do, right? I don't, not all of us can be in a nice, happy relationship, you know, like some of us like, yeah, but anyway, speak. <laughs> Okay, we we have we had the outline we had has just been shot to shit, and I don't even know how you transitioned from, from porn to either one of the topics that we're gonna go through. Well, so you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe I, you, you, this isn't Joe Rogan. It's not Joe Rogan and someone he doesn't know well. This is this is this is you and me, two friends. So to talk about intimate things is is appropriate, and yeah. you know it's something we can uniquely offer. And I don't, I, you know, I don't mind talking about it. I hope I hope people can frankly i think people can relate right it's that's one of those like things that it's taboo to talk about like mm -hmm. you certainly wouldn't talk about it at work or you know most workplaces yeah um or or or, or even amongst most friends frankly but yeah. uh or family certainly mm -hmm. most families but uh so to talk about it i think honestly and openly is some might find refreshing i think we can make this its own little segment honestly for, that's good. for the, okay but well, we will videos. we can talk I'll about let you come we can talk about porn we can just put that uh oh i think the uh the, the porn guys have shut you down okay you're, you're frozen, frozen but we're good oh there you go so tell us about your trip to la la land yeah last weekend uh i left for a long memorial day weekend and uh, my girlfriend and i we left last wednesday and Thursday, we're at Joshua Tree National Park, a couple hours east of LA, desert, those Joshua trees or something else, and mm -hmm. just the open, bright sun, drink lots of water. But it is a, um, okay. mm, there's a there's a magnificence to it, uh, to, such a, to such a setting. Um, a desolation, which has its own, mm, I don't know, moving qualities to it. Uh, I was going to say earthy, but that seems a silly <laughs> adjective. Um, anyway, then the next day, uh, uh, next couple of days, it was, it, was, it was seeing a friend and him showing me around, like the, the uh, uh, going up the coast and, um, uh, you know, Santa Monica and um, uh, towards Santa, yeah, towards Santa Barbara up north, Malibu. Uh, and then we went and stayed north of LA a couple of hours and then Sunday. So now we're Sunday, we drive back into the city and I have an appointment with a woman named Suzette Shaw, who uh, is a former, um, she herself was homeless and now she has a, uh, a publicly funded uh, studio in Skid Row, the neighborhood. Skid Row is a neighborhood. It's not just a stretch. Mm -hmm. uh, although there are several stretches with lots of tents and homeless people, it's actually a, a whole neighborhood, 50 square blocks. And there's a big history to it of whether it's hobos, whether it's uh, different immigrant groups. And now it's, it's what it is today. And uh, we'll be making a video of it based off of this tour that, that I took with Suzette. Um, and I just want to show a couple clips from it. Uh, for viewers, for you, Paul, uh, uh, to sort of describe what it was like there, mm -hmm. which, you know, coming from me, who's done, who's covered the topic, who did a documentary about a homeless camp that was dense and, you know, a lot of people, 300 people there, I was still blown away by this, by this, because there's a lot of people 
and a lot of uh, struggle. And it wasn't just poverty, right? It was people like pointing nowhere and saying things you couldn't understand. And wandering you mean just kind of like schizophrenia or kind of just that kind of mental issue? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people I worried about, you know, going by on a bike that they would just nab my camera because why the heck not, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, people screaming and worrying that they were screaming at us, weren't sure if they were screaming at me or the other guy across the street that was screaming too. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty on edge. Um, Suzette, <laughs> she really wasn't, but she said something during the tour. She says, I feel like I have a protection over me. And I don't know, mm -hmm. more power to her. Yeah. I didn't feel that uh, personally. So I just, I was, and, and my girlfriend Casey was there and she had another camera and I had one. And so we, we ended up getting a pretty good shoot out of the deal, but um, yeah, it's just, you don't know, like you just, and it's, it's, in, it's not just one camp. It's, it's, it's over stretches of blocks. So when you're in it, you're kind of in it. Yeah. And you can't just like leave in five, in, in in like two minutes. You, you did, walk it feel, did it feel kind of lawless? Was there any sort of police or were there any sort oh. of issues? Well, the irony is that it's next to a police precinct and a fire in a fire. Um, hmm. uh, uh, what do they call that? A fire hall station. Fire station. Thank department? you. Fire station. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, the buildings are all graffitied and their tents, their fortifications, like wood pallets around their tents, you know, they're, and then also there's one port, one point where we, we encounter a restaurant mm -hmm. and it's got outdoor seating and across the sidewalk seating, mm -hmm. across the street are homeless people. Wow. What kind of restaurant and, and I talked, was it? I talked to, I talked, it was a decent little restaurant. It was on the edge of Skid Row. It looked like Skid Row had grown maybe into that area or something, or I should say the homelessness had grown into that area. So I, I asked a guy leaving, him and his lady le leaving, and he was willing to go on camera. I said, dude, what's it like eating across the highway from across the street from those tents? And he's just like, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. It, it's sad, but honestly, the sad truth is that I'm used to it. I, I vote for these people and they don't do anything, you know, so he's frustrated. And, yeah. Um, he's, he's from Illinois. He's a, actually a Midwesterner too. And um, anyway, so, so I get, I get that side of things and, you know, his little, his two cents, the footage, some of Suzette's commentary, mm -hmm. and then my own little bit on the history of it, like how did it get here? Yeah. And then, and then my, and then my takeaway my takeaway, which is basically that um, LA is doing what it can to accommodate mm -hmm. the homeless there, right? So providing cleaning services, providing bathrooms, yeah. right? But they're not, but there's no reduction of the issue. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just where it stands. It's kind that's of reminds me, it, it reminds me of kind of the clean needle, like clean needles for drug addicts, like, well, you have drug addicts are going to do the drugs with dirty needles and maybe you spread a, 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 a AIDS or a, what's the hep, hep C, that kind of stuff. So then the government decides, well, if they're going to do the drugs, let's at least supply clean needles. It's not, it's stopping a worse problem, but it's also, um, but it's also kind of just enabling. It's just, there's just, what do you do? 
that's the philosophical issue. And the, the problem with the, there's nothing wrong with that philosophy. I don't think inherently like there's nothing evil about it. It isn't like wrong or right or whatever. It's, it's, you know, people, good people are going to disagree. Uh, some people will see the enabling aspects of it. Some people will see the helpful aspects of it. And that's totally fine. Um, in fact, it's needed. The problem is that all these cities are so one-sided, mm -hmm. right? There is no one there to say you're enabling it. Okay. They would say there are, but there really isn't any strong conservatives on any of these city councils. Yeah. No, in fact, there's probably no concern, right? Anyone who would identify as conservative, they're, they're, they're all far from conservative. It's like mm -hmm. liberals and socialists and green people. It's like, you know, so they're always favoring more, more tolerance, yeah. more, um, more provisions. Mm -hmm. And there's never any like, look, we got to do something. So let me, <laughs> we okay, let, put me, let me ask this, because I think that I've, if you look at like the biggest cities, most of the biggest cities are kind of liberal cities. You know, they're yep. run by, uh, you know, Democrats and, you know, especially California. I mean, I lived in San Diego two different times, about a 10 years apart. First time, I don't remember a whole lot of homelessness. It, it was just, I mean, it sure it was there, but it wasn't as in your face as it is now. Same thing with LA. It was, there's always been homeless people, but now it's on another level. What I want to know is what is the counter? Like if, if some, if Ronald Reagan got elected, you know, came from the yeah. grave and got elected, what is the, what is the Republican solution to this I yeah I, I don't know if a republican solution would work because it would work in a small town it yeah. would work if the problem was small but once the problem is this big you're never going to get a a pure republican answer that's going to i think be practical because you can't just arrest them all or kick them all out yeah. but I, I but i think in a bigger city that compromises conservative and liberal principles is when you do get some results. That's what I've observed. So Houston is the one example I always like to, to give because they uh, actually Salt Lake was the original housing first or one of the original housing first. That's like the one that's always talked about where, you know, I, I'm, I don't know the makeup of the city, but I'm guessing it's more conservative. Yeah. And they had a small home problem. Um, maybe by their standards, it wasn't small, but by these big city standards, it was small. Yeah. And they just said, why don't we just house them all? And if you if you come up with a a housing first solution or a solution that offers a sudden jump in in in, in help in, in what you're offering, mm -hmm. you can get ahead of the problem that way. You know, yeah. like here's the problem you kind of get ahead of it. But if you're a city like L.A. and you offer more, it just sort of pushes the problem and makes it worse and worse once you get in that pattern. So and the numbers when you, you have a city that's got two hundred fifty thousand, I don't know, then you have a certain percentage of that population is going to be homeless. You have a city of you know two million or whatever, LA five. Right. I don't even know. I mean, it's probably way off. But what, it's just the percentage is just going to be bigger. You know, I mean, not the percentage, but the the, the total people are going to be bigger because it's just same percentage, just more people to correct. Yeah, yeah. There's and 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 there's cultural things. I mean, LA has always been a home of a lot of uh, folks that. Uh, you know, they've always had this neighborhood of, of if, if not homeless, then people who would, you know, be drinking in public and, and hobo culture and, uh, I don't know, maybe other examples of, of, of margins of society, we, we might just say. Um, but what Houston did was they said, okay, we're going to help them, but we're going to do it in maybe a, a Texas kind of way where <laughs> yeah. we're going to give them they, they built dormitories basically 
Mm -hmm. We're going to give you a place to stay, but we're going to make you go there. Okay. Okay. Right. So we're going to offer you something, right? Maybe the more liberal side of things, but you're going to go there. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. And she, in fact, I remember interviewing the, the lady there who was the lead, the, the head of the coalition for the homeless. And she said, if you want to camp, go do it in the country. Yeah. Not okay. in Houston. I remember her saying that like, Oh, you know, so she, so she, she took a tough stance, but they also did it after offering them options. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's, that, that to me, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. I think this internet is kind of just bounce all over the place. Well, I'm looking forward to, to, you know, to, hold on a second. Okay. Sorry. I'm checking something out. We're good on the last thing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to hearing what you, you know, just how you piece it all together. Cause this is something that's been a passion of yours for a long time. And now, you know, you've gone to kind of the, for lack of a better term, the Mecca of, of where this issue is in America. And, yeah. you know, you've kind of, covered it, you know, or you've, you've seen it in a lot of different angles. So this will be interesting. So at this point, do you want to jump into the other topic? How are you feeling? I will. Ahead. I'll mention it because it's super relevant. Um, yeah. Let, let this, yeah, let's do I, something yeah, short on it. And plus the internet's kind of screwing up on this one. So let's just get what we can and, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, actually the, the Skid Row video, we were in the middle of working on the Skid Row video and then this whole new activity around the George Floyd Square took off. Um, I won't share too much of the story of how it all came together for me, but just suffice to say, I met a guy who lived in the square in the area that was blockaded, that was um, had those um, barriers. So he was in that area and he wanted to talk to me. And then I just met another guy who did and asked another guy and he said, sure, I'll talk to you about it. So. And then I went there yesterday, which happened to be the day the city took down the barriers. Mm -hmm. So that was a big day. It was in the news. And um, the, the activists showed up soon after and put up their own makeshift barriers. So we're talking about box springs, right? Like bed box springs. You know, they, 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 they put whatever up they can. They're just yeah. determined. Um, and it brought out a lot of people who were upset and, and impassioned. So there were speeches. And there were a lot of cameras there. So it was not a problem for me to go there with my camera. Whereas ordinarily, if it was a slow day, I show up by myself with a camera and they might ask questions like, you know, are your intentions? Because it was a pretty, uh, at times it would have a real ominous feel to it in there. Um, they wanted you to be respected, pay your respects. And if they at all sniffed your lack of respect for the area, whether true or not, they would give you a hard time. Uh, they would ask you for donations. And yeah, so there was just some some approaching, some discomfort uh, potentially. Whereas yesterday was kind of a free for all because people were a lot of people there with cameras. But um, one one uh, Care Eleven, our NBC affiliate, their camera person did get knocked down, not accidentally either. They 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 made them like they they kind of attacked the camera guy. But um, I interviewed a guy there, and then I interviewed a lady who was barricading actually, and she was quite open about her her thoughts and so yesterday it was hot and I, I got a I got a lot of material there and between that between the interviews I'm doing um 
it, it's it's and, and you know my style i'm going to take a bunch of news clips throughout the year that talks about the formation the anniversary yeah. around the time of the trial and how that square was used as a place to celebrate during the guilty verdict um and the crime frankly and some of the business owners and some of their displeasure with having to move and yeah. and, and this and that um so it, it's not going to be a a lot of filmmakers are are will typically, I think, um, be very empathetic and sympathetic to the cause, and sure. you know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna show the bad stuff too in this one, and because sure. there was a lot of it, some, a lot of tragedy, a lot of death, Paul, a lot of, a lot of shooting, a lot of death. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, the 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 more I think about it, the more I compare it to like, I don't know. This is adequate. I think you'll see the truth in this comparison, even if you disagree with it exactly. But you know how when the U.S. went in and got rid of Saddam Hussein mm -hmm. yeah. or Muammar Gaddafi, mm -hmm. it, it became worse, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. now, now without a strong guy there, like kind of keeping the lid on things, mm -hmm. then it went to hell and it was far worse with, yeah. with actual slavery and stuff like that happening in Libya and civilians dying, more of them in, in Iraq. It's a power vacuum. Uh, power vacuum. I think that's what happened here when you took the police out of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that, and that's that's just what's going to happen. You know, if you have a law, a place where the law is not really represented, then it's a power vacuum, and you kind of, you know, stuff can go sideways fast. So I think that's I think that's the explanation. That's the best explanation I have right now because the yeah. gangs came in, and I don't think that's a, you know that's not a secret. Um, yeah. And they said, okay, we run this now. And one businessman said he was uh, extorted. Mm -hmm. Like you need to pay us protection money. You know, like like they do in old Italian neighborhoods in New York. Yeah. And, you know, like they do in Central America, you gotta pay your protection money. And um, so he just left, you know, he had to close his business and yeah. was afraid. It was bad um, and it, it still kind of is bad. And I, I, I think Minnesota is in this, Minnesota did this, with the pandemic too, they, you know, Minnesota nice and, and liberal, mm -hmm. but then when they do need to actually make a stand for something like, look, we can't allow every, you know, and they try to do something, they do it in this weird, awkward Minnesotan half-assed way, like come in there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna get rid of this now. Okay, you, you guys okay with that? No, we're not okay with that jerk. Why are you coming at four in the morning? Four in the morning, yeah. And now there really is no, pro like nothing happened because they just put the barriers back up. They made their own and they said, no one's coming through. And what's the city going to do? Yeah. Mayor's yeah. not going to. Sometimes it seems like you just need to have a conversation and no, go into it knowing there's going to be a compromise of some, some sort. You got to have conviction. And and yeah. the city doesn't have, the state doesn't have a lot. It's kind of, so it's, we, been a, it, it's been kind of a, not to put this on, point this back at me, but I, my favorite time, favorite time of my life was my time I lived in Minneapolis. The city, the time, me, who I was then, who I became, it was the best it's kind of, beautiful. it's the best part of kind of my, the best chapter in my life, I would say, or the most, where mm -hmm. I felt the most whole, where I felt the most kind of just at peace with where mm -hmm. I was and who I was. And since then, I mean, it's been just, Minneapolis has been in the news for so many of the wrong reasons. And you got out at a good time. I got out, yeah, yeah. Luckily, I got out of there. I got out on, on a high, you know. I sold high, um, but it's just kind of and to talk about this. I mean, I have a, still have a lot of love for the city. You I know, mean, when I go back, I, I love going out, just seeing how it's changed and just the people. But 
man, you know, it's been a rough go for Minneapolis and St. Paul for both, both places and just as a whole. So, but it's good that you're, you're doing this and you're going to be honest about it. Um, Cause it, the worst thing a person can do when they're telling a true story is to purposefully leave out information that matters, you know, that, that both sides of the coin need to have a light shined on them. And cause all, all of it fits, all of it's connected. And if you leave out one, then you kind of, you raise, you make somebody a holier than thou. And really life is complicated. And the only thing we can do is just stare at it with open eyes, you know, and let it be what it is. What I actually need to do more of is find some people who helped organize the square, but that's tricky, right? I'm not sure if they'll want to talk. Yeah. They're quite suspicious. Um, so I need to find more. I have two advocates. I'd like to get actually one or two more mm -hmm. uh, so that it's, it's even, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, just, yeah. Maybe, I'll do my best. Yeah. Well, thank, I mean, that, thanks for, you know, sharing that. And, you know, like I said, I look forward to seeing the, the finished product and, you know, yeah. and seeing Look it. for the trailer this weekend, Paul. And by the, time, by the time people watch this conversation, the trailer should already be available. So check it out. We'll put a link. We'll put a card in this video yes. at the end of it and um, a card during it, I think. Or look in the description. Hey, now I can say this like all the other YouTube videos. Look for a link in the description below. <laughs> Remember to subscribe. <laughs> Remember to subscribe and hit the bell. I don't know if that's even a thing anymore. We've, uh, we've officially made it now. And leave a comment below and let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> comments, questions, concerns, you know, leave yeah. them in the comments. <laughs> well, you. you know, I, I think that this is, this is, this is a good time to just kind of, I think, wind, wrap this up, wind it down, whatever the term I'm trying to get at is. Um, but yeah, this is, this has been an interesting journey and I've, I've enjoyed this, this pod um so thanks again just for begin doing it That's so anyway okay well this is us signing off and we'll see you next next pod